All right, we're back once again. <laughs> I have to retouch on this, but um, this is kind of a little special bonus episode, but something's been going on with our equipment lately, and we haven't been able to record properly. Um, the last episode, we literally had a whole two-hour episode where it was just me and Loaf, and we did an old-school episode, and then it just blanked out. As soon as we pressed stop on the recording, it disappeared into the ether, and I guess we'll never have that back, you know? Probably not. We searched and uh, couldn't find it anywhere. And uh, I don't know. I don't know what's going on with that. But hopefully the uh, luck stops, especially if we have guests. You know, thank God we have having guests and we just look so unprofessional. Oh, I'd be like, oh, hold on. Uh-huh. One more time, one more time. Right. Oh, right from the top. Uh, can you guys stay another three hours? You know, like, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, what the fuck is going on, but whatever. Love, how was work again? <laughs> uh, work was interesting. Um, apparently, I forgot my belt. You, did you you know what you should what well, happened to me once and I made it like a cl- uh, paper clip and a rubber band and I made oh, it really? no I did the same thing <laughs> only I used a extension cord you know what again yeah, this doesn't work if it's not organic right. we literally just recorded eight minutes and we uh, we noticed another issue and we had to stop recording we're re-recording so we're trying to rehash the conversations we just had but it's not gonna work let's just yeah. let's just move forward from yeah the, it's not that important so <laughs> it doesn't feel inauthentic you know yeah uh, anyways a... yeah uh, oh you know what let's talk about some stuff we covered in lapis last episode uh, the deaths yeah. oh yes, yeah yes. uh well, what do we call it the kick the bucket list kick I think the bucket had, list. it was yeah, like our a new segment to call it kick the bucket list um yeah okay so number one let me let me from motorhead killed, died yeah uh did that affect you anyway were you a fan of motorhead or anything like that uh you know what other than like ace of spades uh just like whatever you would hear you know whatever's popularized you know i was never really into motorhead to be honest with you okay you know, but still, I know he's an icon. Like yeah. Anybody who's anybody would know who he is. You know, David Grohl put it like this better than anybody. And this is before the before the death. I remember hearing a documentary, um, uh, excuse me, watching a documentary at school with him. And he literally comes on to talk about Lemmy. And he said that Motorhead was the perfect blend for, um, how would you call it? He, he made it okay for the punks and the metalheads to get along. Because hmm. Motorhead was that perfect blend of punk music and metalhead or metal, you know, like it, it was okay. Like if you're punk, you could uh, and you and uh, you had one thing. And, you, and, and metalheads usually guys got you know hanging each other, right? But, right. But this was the one band you could all agree on. And oh, okay, you like what? Are you? Okay, we could get along. You know, that kind of thing. <laughs> it was like a bridge, you know. Huh. And I always like that. Yeah. Um, for me, I mean, it affected me a little bit. Obviously, I'm not gonna uh, get teared over somebody I didn't know, with, if, with the exception of the next person we're gonna bring up. But uh, but let me like oh Motorhead was really one of the first bands that I got into when I was younger that really made me feel like a badass like oh I can like this kind of music and feel cool you know oh right 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 because you know? most of the stuff I liked before they were just all rock or stuff you know I was uh, more into alt rock or folk music or even even like jazz or blues you know which didn't you know not, there's nothing wrong with that. I love the music but right. it didn't make me feel any type of way but Motorhead I really listened I felt like when I listened to this I felt like oh you know the first time you listen to George Thorgood Bad to the Bone uh, when when uh, like Terminator Problem pops Child? out. Yeah. Yeah, oh no, no. Well, there yeah, you go. Bob, that's you know, a good, that's, that's a better funny. one. But yeah, when you know Arnold steps out of the bar, like oh shit, that's cool, you know that kind of thing. Like it, it kind of makes me feel like that when I listen to Motorhead. Like yeah, man, it's it just edgy and cool. Like shut the fuck. And things <laughs> that you tell yourself to shut the fuck up about early on. Um, but yeah, rest in peace, Lemmy. Uh, you know, icon to everyone. Uh, what about um, uh, Alan Rickman? Oh, Alan Rickman. Yeah, I've been watching his movie since forever, man. Mm-hmm. Guy's definitely uh, like fuck, man. It's definitely a loss. Uh, let's see. I guess uh, he's been more popularized lately in the Harry Potter series. Which is uh, so weird to me because I have still yet to see any of those films. Have you? I've seen the first two. Uh-huh. but um, I think I did see the first one a long time ago, too. But, uh, you know, I don't have anything against Harry Potter. 
But maybe it's just like a... Nighter thing. I don't know. It's just like, you know, like the more something becomes popular, kind of the less appealing it is to you. 100%. You I mean, know, I think we've had this conversation on the podcast before. I believe so. Yeah, and like with Nirvana or the Beatles or something like that. I think well, I'll think i always love Nirvana, though. And same thing no, with but, the Beatles. But I, you know what? It's the same thing point you're making, right? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But that's a... That's a... I think there are two exceptions for me because I'm, I'm glad they're still popular. Uh-huh. You know, I'm glad that, you know, I could, you know, uh, see like a little kid, you know, a little skateboarder, you know, with like a Nirvana shirt and be like, yes. You know, you know I've had this car. Actually, I know, remember when it was with Elliot because Elliot's really much of a contrarian, like a former guest Elliot who we had on. I think he was on the last episode, right? 49. Uh, oh, yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. And he's a bit of a contrarian, so he's always doing that. Like, if something's too popular, like, uh, he just immediately just scoffs it away. But, I mean, I'm, it's, I'm being hypocritical because we're doing the same thing with the Harry Potter movies. Even Lord of the Rings, the same thing for me. I'm not really too much into the whole fantasy bullshit, but these movies are too popular. Like, what's the big fucking deal? You know, <laughs> you almost want yeah. to be like that, you know? But, um, yeah. Uh, he plays Snape for anybody. Uh, that, that's what we're talking uh, about. More like Trent Reznor. I don't know if you guys were in That's funny. Episode. I've seen that meme. Yeah, that's the one. I think you showed it to me. <laughs> yeah, I think I said it to you. Yeah. Um, but you, for us, I'm sure maybe you'll agree, but Dogma is what... Uh, Dogma, what really absolutely. Remember, obviously, Franz from the Die Hard 8 action. <laughs> but, you know, just he played um, uh, Metrogon, right? The... the voice of God. Metrodon or Metrogon? Um, Met... Um... Why do you keep thinking Megatron? I, I'm trying not to confuse <laughs> no, the two, definitely. man. It's a great voice, but no. <laughs> the Metatron. Metatron. That Metatron. was Metatron. Uh, yeah, you know, the, the angel, hierarchy of angel voice of God and all that. And he right. played that. And I thought, you know, Dogma for a long time was my favorite movie of all time. Right, definitely. Uh, I love the message. I love the com- I love Kevin Smith films, comedy, you know. Uh, and then he was just so, like, significant in that film. Like, right. Really right, stood definitely. out. That's all. Whenever I think, whenever I hear him, I hear his voice in Dogma, you know. Um, he has a very unique voice. That's another thing, you know. He has one of those trademark voices. Well, in that movie specifically, actually, in all his movies for the most part, but he has this sarcastic arrogance that can that he pulls off. Right. It doesn't come off like, oh man, fuck that guy. I don't want to hang out with him. Then pulls out with like, damn, I hope I, I hope he likes me. You know, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know that's the how he would always. I think that's, you know, Kevin. Uh, excuse me, Kevin would. Uh, uh, Kevin Smith uh, was talking about it when Hollywood Babylon with Ralph Farman on that podcast, and he was getting he was literally in tears. Because talking about Alan Rickman, how Alan Rickman was probably one of the nicest people he's ever met that weren't his friends in the movie industry. That every time he was in New York or in London, Alan would call him up. Hey, Kevin wouldn't initiate it. Alan would. Like, Mm. hey, are you in town? Let me take you and your wife to dinner. That kind of thing. And he would always make it a point to to keep it friendly with him. He always loved Kevin. You know, and he said that, like, man, I was getting teary-eyed just hearing Kevin talking about him. How just the way, the kind of person he was. That he was just so... Like he went out of his way to make sure you felt welcome, you know that kind of, or make sure he went out of his way to make sure you're you're having a good time mm. and, or invite you along, that kind of thing. And True I was gentleman, like, absolutely. That exactly word for word, gentleman's gent. That's what that came out of his mouth. Mm. I was like, man, people like that, you know, uh, classy, a class act all the way. Class they don't, act, definitely. It's hard to find those kind of guys anymore, you know. It's cancer, man. Cancer, dude. Yeah, man. That's it's. That's so weird. Well, rest in peace, Alan Rickman, man. We, we like you. You can turn a little bit higher. Oh, I, I did like it, but I just not too long. Uh, David Bowie. Okay, man. David Bowie. I, all right, go ahead, man. Uh, fuck, man. Like, where do I begin? Just being a kid. Uh, my dad's like, like I know nobody could see like all the vinyls and uh, eight tracks that my dad has, but you yeah, know, definitely one of those people that I grew up with. You know, 
You fucking know labyrinth you know what's yeah you know have you seen the the recent honest trailers uh for labyrinth they did one recently oh, did they really? it's, it's pretty funny oh, man. <laughs> it's pretty creepy like oh shit i guess i didn't realize how creepy it was but it, it's pretty good uh david bowie i think we were we were talking about it last time but i can't even tell you another artist well i could but i'm gonna be biased but it's very rare when you find an artist like you can pick a decade and he has a different sound for mm. that decade David Bowie sounds completely different in the 70s than he did in the 80s and in the 90s and vice versa. Even now in the new album. Oh, makes, right, right. And it's always awesome. It's not like other other uh, people haven't tried different genres, but then like they hit, it's a hit or miss, you know? Right, like, right. David Bowie sound, I mean, he he had his sound in each decade and it was on a, a high level, highest level, you know? Absolutely. Um, not many people have that ability to reinvent themselves to, you know, take on, you know, uncharted waters for themselves. You yes. know, something that they haven't done before. Yeah. And it's actually good. You know, it can be appreciated. You know, even like people that are just kind of waiting for him to slip up. Like, oh, finally he fucked up. Like, oh, man. A Ronda Rousey be... type of thing? <laughs> uh, maybe. Something yeah. like that. Heroes know? fall, right? Pretty much. Yeah. Maybe it's like that bloodlust. You just want to see somebody get hurt. Yeah. Know? Like, oh, uh, it's just, I think it's a bitterness to people. Like, they're like, oh, man, fuck that. I don't want him. I'm not doing as good. And then fuck that guy. I don't want him to do Oh, there's anything. always that. Yeah. A I, very uh, Mozart and um, Antonio, whatever his name was, that yeah. rivalry. He was always trying to, like, be as good as him, mm-hmm. but he never could, you know? Yeah. But, uh, yeah, he was one of those very few exceptions that had have, that have the ability to kind of you know, take on something completely new and actually just, like, create, like, a masterpiece of it, you know? And uh, aside from that, like, he was a role model for for outsiders to look up to, for, um, hmm, how would you say, for other outcasts, people who felt ostracized from society, from regular society, mostly mm-hmm. school, mostly whatever the fuck, uh, church even, but people that felt themselves a little bit different, you could look up to him, like, he's doing good for himself, and he's different, completely right. different, you know? And whether it was the whole bisexual thing or gay, it doesn't have to be with necessarily gay orientations. Or right, right. I, I'm just saying, like someone who felt like I like to fucking color my hair red and purple, and you mm. know, or I like to wear you know different kind of clothes. I'm not necessarily uh, this kind of person or that kind of person. Yeah, just alter egos. It's alter egos. Yeah, like I did, yeah, and he. He kind of was like someone to look forward to. Like, look at him. He's getting away with it. He, not only is he getting away with it, he's fucking surpassing, you know, that kind of thing. Right. Um, yeah. Um, man, uh, I remember uh, watching Labyrinth when I was a kid. You know, I think that's the first movie that I saw him in, you know, growing up. And just uh, those movies, like anything like, you know, Labyrinth, Never Ending Story, The Dark Crystal were like my favorite. I love those, like, you know, you know, uh, I don't know what to call them. Like, what genre? It's like science fiction. It can be science fiction, but it's something it's more, different. Uh, it, it's more fantasy, but not the fantasy we're talking. Uh, it's 80s fantasy, really. Okay, yeah, that's uh, a good way to put it. Know? But whatever it was, I liked it. And just uh, just his character in Labyrinth. You know, he had the Tina Turner hair. You know, uh, it's like, oh, shit. I mean, he's just cool. Like, just the way everything was about him. It was like, oh, he looks kind of evil. And just, like, all the little tricks and stuff, you know, they just like really mystified his character you know i just really i grew up with that you know yeah and that was my first impression of david bowie and said uh you know growing older you know listening to the radio or like my dad's music and then i was like oh so he's an artist you know he's a musician he's not just an actor but you know before since i saw him on tv first i thought he was an actor you know yeah it wasn't so much he was a musician and then just kind of crossed oh did you really yeah oh that's funny huh it was I don't know. It's just uh, exposure, I guess. It wasn't until like you know I grew up, 
yeah. a little bit more, you know, got older. It's like, oh, okay, now I get it. Yeah. He was always a musician, but he just did all this other shit, too. Right, absolutely. You know? Uh, you know, it, it's it, it's just weird for someone who... I mean, you could go on and on about the, the hit singles that he's created and all the awesome things, but there's something to say about... Um, there's there's a lot of songs of his there's more you know there's if you have a band or they made a song that man that song hits me on on a real personal level and it made to me or that's or that song he had at least half a dozen of those where man i can't decide which one's my favorite because this one really hits me at this point in my life Hmm. now this one hits me in this point you know it's he was one of those guys that whatever age or stage in your life that or whatever crisis you're going through Hmm. he had a song for it that would make you feel right it made you feel a certain way yeah, some type of way. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. Um, man. Uh, also, um, the Prestige. Uh, just more recently, you know, Christopher Nolan's Prestige with uh, Christian Bale. Um, he played Nikola Tesla, which I thought was such an awesome performance. Even though it was just like a very minute part, it was just a little part. But just his, just because it's fucking David Bowie. Yeah. And he's playing this character who, I mean, I don't know anything about him. You know, uh, Nikola Tesla as you know. You don't know anything and, about Nick No, no, I mean, like, uh, as, like, the way he was, there's no, like, old footage or whatever of him. Oh, right. You know, well, there like w- that. <laughs> well, actually, well, that that's... I re- well, I mean, for me, I've never seen anything. Not, not footage, but I just remember seeing a lot of stuff, like, he fell in love with a pigeon. <laughs> he was in oh. love with a pigeon. Did you ever hear about that? Uh, Mike Tyson? No, no. Like, he had an, an almost a love affair, but he had an infatuation with a certain pigeon that he wanted to almost marry. Like, he, he was out there, weird, weird out there. Uh, well, we would consider weird, but I, I just remember little quirky things like that. But oh, he was still okay. the coolest guy in the room to me, Tesla. I'm talking oh, about, okay. you know that okay. kind of thing. But I do remember like just another, you know, those beer, uh, books like Lies My Teacher Told Me or the D Text mm. book. They would talk about Teslas and how he was in his real life, and it was that same thing with like the artists or painters that they're so out there, they're so amazing at their art that everything else kind of suffers, you know, as far as like social standings or social lives because they put so much attention to this part of their life that everything else that is beneath them so they don't have, know how to act or react into everything. And I and I I put and I I uh, I I put that to Tesla who was just kinda like uh like when I heard that story they just like what? he's in love with a pigeon and he was literally like passionately in love with a certain bird or something like that. Huh. Well anyways obviously he's obviously David Bowie's not going down that route or oh, yeah, no, yeah. Nolan didn't want to portray that. Right, but he, he just did it very cool. His character was fucking cool he was the cool out of out of christian bale and hugh jackman he's the coolest guy in the room you know absolutely that's something to say you know it's almost like there's like two little kids feuding and then like big bad papa bear just comes out of nowhere just like this random scene like hey uh this this, and that whatever you know what he is he's rudy in the monster squad you know oh (laughs) that's a good way to put it the two guys in the the the, you know the bully (laughs) and the and and fat kid like they're in the room and then the rudy comes in the cool guy yeah that's that's who david boy is you know that's that's a pretty good way to put it man I wanted to know that. And we'll touch briefly on Glenn Fry, who died recently, mm. too. Uh, Eagles, uh, my mom's favorite band, the Eagles. You know, mm. and so it's kind of like, oh, I remember listening and growing up. Uh, another one, just, oh, hold on. Rest in peace, David Bowie. I forgot to say that. Oh. But yeah, there you go. Uh, you made the bucket list, I guess. Made oh. the kick the bucket kick list. Kick the bucket list. Glenn Fry from the Eagles. Uh, did this affect you much, too? Or was um, this more of a Lemmy thing? No, this, uh, as far as the Eagles, I was definitely into the Eagles a lot more, you know. Same mm-hmm. thing, just growing up with uh, listening to all the stuff that my dad listened to. So I knew who they were, mm-hmm. you know, just along with them, the Doors, the Beatles, Zeppelin. Definitely one of those bands, you know, I did grow up with. Not to say that I'm, like, all super hardcore fan or anything, but I, I knew, I know enough of their music to to know, like, you know, who they are. 
I think it's more of a testament of like this literally is our childhood kind of dying on mm. us, you know, and the yeah. more mortality slapping me in the face right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, I mean it's something like that, you know, the more of it excuse me, the more of uh, that people that we kind of grew up listening to die, the more or start to fade away, the more that we realize like we're not little kids anymore. We're not it's kind of like shit, man. I got to I got to wake up. I got to grow up. I got to mm. like I'm an adult. Well, I'm a Toys R Us kid. That's what's weird cuz I still feel like I think the same as I did 10 years ago. Same, man. Even 15 years, you know, I was in high school, I thought I had the same about the same ideas. But I mean, obviously, if you like, I remember looking at a journal that I kept even from ten years ago, eleven years mm. ago, that I kept overseas, when I was in Iraq, and then I'm like, like, oh my god, why did I write? I thought I was a good writer. I remember teachers telling me you should be a writer. Like, oh, okay, you know, I remember writing like, I'm so, well, this is embarrassing. <laughs> Can't believe I wrote like this. Do you ever? <laughs> yeah. you know, like, oh man. Yeah. No, yeah. I'm sure there's an evolution, and we just don't realize it because we're always living in the moment. We're always, you know. Which is, I guess, a good thing, really. It can be. I, I mean, like, in that sense where you're, like, whatever it is that you're writing about, whatever it is that you want to... Yeah. I don't know. Just Sometimes you just got to get it out of your head and into, and onto, you know, a piece of paper. Yeah. Just to, like, uh, like relieve yourself of it. It might not necessarily be, like, you know, your your uh, lifetime thesis or anything like that. You know, it's just for that moment. That's what's going through your head. Yeah. It's not, like, a lasting impression of, you know, who you are. It's just who you were at that moment fleeting moment in time absolutely yeah i mean and and, and i guess one way to look at it is all, all that is what makes up who you are a lots of fleeting moments in time eventually makes up this kind of uh almost like a walking illusion type thing like mm. uh, you know what i mean and not that you can't ever change from moment to moment but it definitely like um how would you put it it definitely uh gives a glimmer of what you're supposed to do oh, okay. or what you what you project to the world yeah. Just the, uh, I guess, footprints that you leave behind. It's, uh, it just, it's just measuring you from one point to the other, wherever you're at. Yeah. Wherever you were. That's a good point to put it. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Uh, what else did we miss from last week? Or not, we didn't miss it, but the episode that we talked mm. about. Besides uh, deaths. Uh... That's I see. That, that's the most important one I wanted to cover. Oh, hateful eight. But oh. you know what? We're gonna have our friends from Spin That Back on our That'd regular episode tomorrow. Uh, with Rick and Eric, so we'll actually definitely delve into that because they did review Hateful Eight. I remember, right? Mm-hmm. So we'll we'll delve into that with them because we it was thumbs up for me. Absolutely, you too. Two thumbs up. Yeah, definitely. I, and I, I I really I was really impressed. Now normally it's been this way for the last few Quentin movies where like in Glorious Bastards I love uh, more than Death Race. Death Race I love. Uh, excuse me, Death Proof. Death Proof I like more than Kill Bill. And, I like Death Race more than Death Proof. How <laughs> dare you? <laughs> no, I was kidding. Um, and then, um, and Django and Chain has recently become a favorite. Where it, where it was, every movie that he's done has surpassed the last one for me in just a little bit way. This one, however, didn't. It topped off because Django is still my favorite, and I still like it better than I did Hateful Eight. However, Hateful Eight is really up there for me now. I really enjoy. We'll get into it more deeply tomorrow. Absolutely. But I really enjoyed the format of the film. It definitely felt. Um, Alfred Hitchcock, uh, Hitchcock, it, it had suspense. Yeah. The Hitchcockian you know, feel for spoiler it. Spoilers, yeah, it, but it was suspense. Like some people didn't like it because it felt like a play or a boring or long play. I didn't feel that at all. Did how about you? Uh, no, I didn't feel that at all. It was like the tension was there. I wanted that tension that we felt. Yeah, you know, it, it was. We talked about. Go ahead. We talked about the music uh, briefly. Absolutely. Um, you know, uh, I won't get no it's fine we can we Wait. spoiler alert yeah we'll get into it with somebody else but now we can judge it from what our experience that we saw it um just like the way the, the movie set up you know the scenes and you know whatever's going on um you know they had uh uh quentin did a very good job incorporating certain music yes you know to you know really kind of 
but the vibe feel, out there. Uh, it's a vibe, mm-hmm. you know. It's it's uncomfortable. It's tense, mm-hmm. you know, and it's it reflects, you know, what's going on in the movie. You know, it's it's a very whodunit. It definitely you know? set the scene, and it definitely gave you a feel for the scene. And I remember the first thing as we got out, like, man, I really like that music. It really made me feel like, oh, man, uh, who do you trust type of movie. Right. And what did you tell me? Uh, at the end of the credits where um, they uh, list the soundtrack, um, it like the first thing that popped up was like, I don't know how, like a list of, I don't know, of several songs. Mm-hmm. And it says they were taken from the movie. The Thing was yes. Kurt Russell. Now, uh, you brought up the Kurt Russell thing, but like if you remember The Thing, originally, you know, the uh, uh, John Carpenter film, the entire film is about who who is like who do you trust? You know who's actually a, a real person? Who's this? You know the thing? Who's this right. alien thing? And I was like, oh my god, no wonder it gave me that feel, that awesome like kind of because he's playing that same music for the same thing. Right. So it's brilliant, absolutely brilliant on Quentin's choice. And I I felt I mean I I fell in love with like the it almost made me like the movie as I went on as I kept thinking about the movie like damn this was really good you know right, right. and and uh, you know because. As you're watching the movie, you want to enjoy it just as in the moment, so you don't want to overanalyze anything, and then you start to pick it out, pick it apart as once you get out, and it made me just enjoy it even more. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Through the whole movie, that's what happens yes. more and more. Where I just want to like watch a movie just like the way you said, mm-hmm. but he shoots little things, he shows you little things. There's little comments, little little actions, little scenes, whatever. That kind of make you go like, oh, okay, maybe this means something. Mm-hmm. Like, it, there's no way that you can't. Like, think, it gets your brain going. It got my brain going, Hell yeah, you know? hell yeah. And it's like you're wondering, you know, all these people, you know, stuck in this little shack in this blizzard, whatever, and somebody's like, you know, uh, it started, well, I, I won't get into, like, you know, the details. Yeah, we can do but, that you for know, spoiler talk tomorrow. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, you're, you're, it's pretty much, uh, yeah, you don't know who did what, who's, uh, who do you trust? Who, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So, all right. Very effective. Well, I guess we could end it there. This was just a little bonus episode we wanted to get out. Um, we wanted to cover some of the stuff that was important to us from the last one that is in the ether out of nowhere. But, but yeah, but but tomorrow I promise you we'll be back with a full episode with our friends Eric and Rick from Spin That Back. And we'll get into some more movie talk and more. we'll touch more on the Quentin stuff. So Absolutely. thank you very much for enjoying. Oh, we'll, we'll also be back with fan questions tomorrow too. We got we got, we already oh, looked right. over them and we got some. <laughs> you know, our, our fans or our friends, on uh, they, they definitely uh, aren't ashamed to go out there and uh, ask or post whatever the fuck they want. Oh. All right, love you. Want to play us off? This has been Snooze and Booze, and we'll catch you with the next time.